Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Judges chapter 18. If I was to give this one a title, it would just simply be Stealing Priests. People people be stealing people around here. Because if you remember, there is no king, so anything goes. And it's like, if you don't want me to steal them, do something. I can't do anything. Well, then you come in with me, fool. <laughs> That's kind of how it's going, right? And this priest, he's hes not really a priest. We're going to get to that in just a moment. All right, I got, I got so many problems with this. Because of being a pastor, I connect with the these priesthood people, people who are serving God. And so when I see them, I want to step into the scripture and smack them upside the back of the head. But if not for the grace of God, there, there go I, right? So here we go. If you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this YouTube channel. If you are listening to this on the podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review quickly before I lose my temper up on this chapter <laughs> at our rally point, the Bible Breakdown discussion on Facebook. Make sure you go there and let us know how you are in just encountering God's Word through this. And remember that the Old Testament, it teaches through lessons. It teaches through stories. What the Bible describes, it is not prescribing. So the Bible's not saying you should do any of this. As a matter of fact, it's saying, look at the tragedy that happens when we do. You know, the overall theme of Judges is don't be stupid, <laughs> follow God. You know, the cycle of sin stinks. And so a better way to say this is don't do life your way, do life God's way. Because if you do life your way, this is what happens. And we're going to see this again, because, you know, once again, you know, likely Samuel is writing this. He was the last judge before the kings came in. And at that point, they end up coming to Samuel and said, Samuel, can you please help us get a king? We're so tired of this mess. And can I tell you, in reading this, I'm tired of this mess. These poor people need a king. And we're seeing now why. You know, this is about to be, over the next couple of chapters, in my opinion, the most devastating story in the entire Bible. So we're going to get to it if you're ready with it with me. You've got your Bibles to Judges chapter 18. Let's just jump in and just see what happens. Folks, be still and priest. Here we go. Chapter 1, or chapter 18, verse 1. I'm so tore up. Here we go. Now, in those days, Israel had no king. Pause. It's like Samuel's reminding us, remember, God didn't do this, okay? God's not able to be their king. He doesn't want them to be their king. This is these fools, all right? And the tribe of Dan was trying to find a place where they could settle, for they had not yet moved into the land assigned to them when the land was divided among the tribes of Israel. Now, the time period of Judges happened over the course of roughly around 300 years. And this is getting toward the end of that time frame. Within just a few years from this time, they're begging for a king. So that long, Dan be chilling. They have not taken the land they're supposed to take. And when you don't do what God tells you to do, you get into trouble. Verse 2. So the men of Dan chose from their clans five capable warriors from the towns of Zoah, Eshtol, to scout out the land for them to settle in. When these warriors arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, they came to Mama's boy, Micah's house, and spent the night there. While at Micah's house, they recognized the young Levite's accent. So they went over to him and asked, Who brought you here, and what are you doing in this place? Why are you here? He told them about the agreement with Micah that he had been hired as Micah's personal priest. Then they said, Yes, God, 
whether or not our journey will be successful? Go in peace, the priest replied, for the Lord is watching over your journey. So the five men went to the town of Laish, where they noticed people living carefree lives, like the Sidonians. They were peaceful and secure. The people were also wealthy because their land was very fertile, and they lived in a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. So when the men returned to Zorah and Eshtol, the relatives asked them, What did you find? The men replied, Come on, let's attack them. (laughs) You see people living in peace? The answer is, let's kill them, right? They had no king. (laughs) We have seen the land and it is very good. What are we waiting for? Don't hesitate to go and take possession of it. And when you get there, you will find people living carefree lives. God has given us a spacious and fertile land lacking in nothing. Lord help us. Verse 11. So 600 men from the tribe of Dan, armed with weapons of war, set out from Zorah and Eshtol. They camped at the place west of Kiriath-Jerim in the land of Judah, which is called Mahadat-Dan to this day. Then they went on from there into the hill country of Rephaim and came to the house of Micah. The five men who had scouted out the land around Laish explained to the others, these buildings contain a sacred ephod. That's a garment that was used for worship, a sacred ephod, as well as some household idols, a carved image and a cast idol. It's probably the one made out of the silver, right? What do you think we should do? Then the five men turned off the road and went over to Micah's house where the young Levite lived and greeted him kindly. As the 600 warriors from Dan stood at the entrance of the gate, the five scouts entered the shrine and removed the carved image and the sacred ephod and the household idols and the cast idol. Meanwhile, the priest was standing at the gate with the 600 armed warriors. When the priest saw the men carrying the sacred objects out of Micah's shrine, he said, Hey, what are you doing? Be quiet and come with us, they said. Be a father and a priest to all of us. Isn't it better to be a priest for an entire tribe and clan of Israel than for a household of just one man? The young priest was quite happy to go with them. And so he took along the sacred ephod, the household idols, and the carved image. And they turned and started on their way again, placing their children, livestock, and possessions in front of them. When the people of the tribe of Dan were quite a distance from Micah's house, the people who lived near Micah came chasing after them. They shouted as they called up to them, Men of Dan, turn around. And said the men of Dan turned around and said to Micah, What's the matter? Why have you called these men together and chasing after us like this? Wait a minute. What do you mean, what's the matter? Micah replied. You've taken all the gods I have made, my priest, and I have nothing left. So the men of Dan said, You better watch your mouth, buddy. There are some short-tempered men around here who might get angry and kill a fool and his whole family. So the men of Dan continued on their way. When Micah saw that there was way too many of them for him to attack, he turned around and went home. Then, with Micah's idols and his priest, the men of Dan came to the town of Laish, whose people were peaceful and secure. And they attacked with the sword and burned the town to the ground. There was no one to rescue them, for they lived a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. This happened in the valley of Beth Rehob. Then the people of the tribe of Dan rebuilt the town and lived there, and they renamed the town Dan after their ancestor, Israel's son, but had originally been called Laish. Then they set up the carved image, and they appointed Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, 
as their priest. That was the priest's name, by the way. The family continued as priests with the tribe of Dan until the exile. So the exile was what happened all the way after the kings and then when the nation was overcome. So for a few hundred years. So Micah, Micah's carved image was worshipped by the tribe of Dan as long as the temple of God remained at Shiloh. Oh, that, that and the next story to me are some of the saddest ones. Because Dan didn't do what God said, they ended up later trying to do something similar and innocent people got hurt along the way. And that's so sad to me. There's so, there's so many cautionary tales in this. That's why I think in these two stories, this one and the one tomorrow, it begins with there was no king in Israel. In other words, they had turned their backs on God. They had turned their backs on the proper authority in their lives and they were doing things their way. And we could look at the priest and say, how, how horrible is it that he had no problem watching people be destroyed? I mean, this, Micah, the mama's boy, his, his, all of the things that were important to him were taken from him, and the priest didn't care. He was more interested in what was in it for him. But to me, the number one lesson to be learned from this is hundreds of years before this, God had told Dan what to do, told the tribe, this is where you go, this is what you do. But instead... They didn't do it God's way. They decided to do it their way, and the result was innocent people got hurt. Now, I don't know about you. I wish I could tell you that all along my life's journey, I've always done things God's way. I've I've never got it wrong and all of that. That, That's just simply not true, and it's not even a joke, right? What I can tell you is, is that God is faithful, and God will many times, well, all the time he'll forgive us, but many times he'll give us an opportunity to take the right step. But it's usually always the same step. And so we have to be careful along the way that we do life God's way. Because if we don't do life God's way, then what usually ends up happening is innocent people get hurt. So I want to encourage you with this today. What next step has God put in your heart? Maybe it's time to reach out for forgiveness. Maybe it's time to reach out and forgive someone else. Maybe it's time to take a step back so that you can take two steps forward. Maybe it's time to just be patient and wait. Many times if we push our way forward or we do what we think is right, but we know it's not, innocent people get hurt. And sometimes those innocent people are the people closest to us. So I don't know what that may mean to you, but my hope for you is, is that you will never move too fast that you forget that God's timing is perfect. And so move at his pace and you'll always end up at the right direction. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you're so faithful. And you are the God of a thousand chances. And if our job is to be perfect, we'll all fail. And if our job is to try to be faithful and to continue to lean on you, we'll always get there. But you'll help every one of us today to always be sure that we fall toward you in everything we do. And I'm thankful for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget, the reason why we're in this mess is because Judges 17 says, In those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever was right in their own eyes. That's a cautionary tale for us. Don't do life our way. Do life God's way. Or, folks, be still and priest. (laughs) I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for Judges chapter 19. 